just bear with me. I'm blind, I need it closer to me. Well, good morning, everybody. <laughs> Oops. Um, I'm sure some of you are already thinking 29, 25, and that's all that's going through your mind. But I want us to just think about our world. Our world, we're here on Harvest Celebration, and we live in an absolutely amazing, amazing world. I was listening this week about uh, the Sir David Attenborough being launched in, um, I think it was Glasgow, and they're going to be out in the Antarctica for the next 30 years. They're going to be trying to just scratch the surface of some of the amazing things that happen beyond our sight, beyond our reason, below the ice shelves of Antarctica, and try and unlock secrets that, to be honest, we haven't got a clue about our world, hardly at all. We think we have. There's so many amazing things, and we think we're very clever about it, but we don't know much about it at all. I'm a, I'm a teacher at Tuscalabba Conway in Conway, and uh, I don't know how it came up, but um, we were talking uh, to some 15-year-olds some there, and they said, oh, I must be really stupid, sir, believing in God. I thought, wow. That's what I used to think. I used to think that. I used to think anybody who believed in God was really stupid. But you know what? It is not stupid to believe in God at all. In fact, I would say it's the very opposite. You look around, look at these fruits we talked about before. How amazing are they? Now, before I, I ask uh, Chris, I've just got a little clip I wanted to show, and the sound isn't great, so I don't know whether Ian will tell me if this is a bad thing to do or not. But I'm going to take my mic over towards the uh, computers, trying to pick up some of the sound with it. But I want to um, just throw some things out at you guys first. Ten sixes in a row. So if you can throw ten sixes in a row, you can get that bowl of fruit. That's, that's how generous I'm being this morning. Okay? Ten sixes in a row. How easy is that? No problem at all. Now, before I say anything else, I'll ask Chris just to play the clip. We'll see if it works or not. I don't know if it will. and stars, down to atoms and subatomic particles. The very structure of our universe is determined by these numbers. These are the fundamental constants and quantities of the universe. Scientists have come to the shocking realization that each of these numbers has been carefully dialed to an astonishingly precise value, a value that falls within an exceedingly narrow, life-permitting range. If any one of these numbers were altered, by even a hair's breadth. No physical, interactive life of any kind could exist anywhere. There'd be no stars, no life, 
No planets. No chemistry. Consider gravity, for example. The force of gravity is determined by the gravitational constant. If this constant varied by just one in 10 to the 60th parts, none of us would exist. To understand how exceedingly narrow this life permitting range is, imagine a dial divided into 10 to the 60th increments. To get a handle on how many tiny points on the dial this is, compare it to the number of cells in your body, or the number of seconds that have ticked by since time began. If the gravitational constant had been out of tune by just one of these infinitesimally small increments, the universe would either have expanded and thinned out so rapidly that no stars could form and life couldn't exist, or it would have collapsed back on itself with the same result. No stars, no planets, and no life. Or consider the expansion rate of the universe. This is driven by the cosmological constant. A change in its value by a mere one part in 10 to the 120th parts would cause the universe to expand too rapidly or too slowly. In either case, the universe would, again, be life prohibiting. Or another example of fine tuning. If the mass and energy of the early universe were not evenly distributed to an incomprehensible precision of one part in 10 to the 10 to the 123rd, the universe would be hostile to life of any kind. The fact is, our universe permits physical, interactive life only because these, and many other numbers, have been independently and exquisitely balanced on a razor's edge. Wherever physicists look, they see examples of fine-tuning. The remarkable fact is that the values of these numbers seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life. If anyone claims not to be surprised by the special features that the universe has, he's hiding his head in the sand. These special features are surprising and unlikely. Okay, um, just at the end of that, there was various scientists, non-Christian scientists, who were just amazed by that. Stephen Hawkins, many others as well, who, who don't claim to have a faith in Jesus, but something is causing trouble with physicists at the moment because there's all these things that just have to be right, and the possibility of them being right is so astronomical that they're starting to ask some big, big questions. I don't know if anybody's thrown 10 sixes in a row yet. We're not started yet, maybe. But, uh, but have a go at that at home. Have a go at uh, trying to throw 10 sixes in a row. There was a variety of different things. I know you understood all of that. <laughs> but there was lots of different things, 30 different parameters, just talking about the expansion of the universe. I'm just going to pick on one at the moment. That's the expansion rate of the universe. And it said this, any faster and the chemicals, atoms and stars couldn't have been created. Any slower and the universe would have collapsed back in on itself. Um, it's actually that the chance of that happening, if we had some dice, the chance of that happening, if you put the first slide on, please, uh, Chris is 1 to the 10 and 55. Now, I know some of you here probably loved maths in the past and are looking at that and thinking, well, that may as well be ancient Hebrew. I haven't got a clue what that's all about. But uh, what we're actually saying is the universe is just 
expanding at just the right rate for us to be here. It's equivalent to throwing that six on a dice 70 times in a row the first time round. I'll say that again because it's a bit mind-blowing. Um, throwing a dice at the six 70 times in a row. So that's six, 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 70 times in a row the first time that you throw it. To put that in context, to achieve it at five seconds per roll, how long do you think it would take? Well, nobody's going to be bold enough to have a go. I will tell you. If you put the next slide on, you can see how many noughts we're on about. It's 100 trillion, 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 trillion years to achieve that one thing of 76s in a row. So you might be sat there thinking, yeah, okay, John, but how is that relevant? Well, the expansion rate is just one of 30 factors for the universe to be just right to support life. I've not even begun to talk about the miracles of the formation of proteins, atoms, and molecules. They make throwing 76s in a row a total cinch. It's astronomical. It's 10 to the 125 for one of those, and there's about 50 or 60 just for those to get a protein to be right. That's amazing. If it came in and threw 76s to you now, if I grabbed one of those dice and said, there's a six, there's a six, there's a six, and did that 70 times, you'd either think a few things. You'd either think, wow, please, John, do the lottery for me next, next week because <laughs> you are the most fortunate guy in the world. Or you think maybe he's loaded the dice here. There's some weighting mechanism in the dice here that's put it. Or maybe, can I just have a look at that dice? There must be a six on every side of the dice. It can't be just chance. Let me ask you, why would you assume that these harvest gifts, the ones we can smell coming through the room now, that our planet, that you, that me, that we're just a chance. Why do we think that? Why do some think that? Maybe I'm just going to propose this because we've been singing the song, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to suggest, in fact, I'm going to tell you, there's no dice. There's no dice at all. You've got to have a lot more faith to believe in the dice principle than any belief you've got in God. It's not a delusion. It's a perfectly valid conclusion when we look at the fingerprints on our universe. We aren't here by a cosmic roll of the dice. Even if I ignored all other things, the fingerprints of God on our universe cry out that there's a grand designer right there from the very beginning. And that's worth staking something on. And I've not even begun to talk about not just the fingerprints on the world as we look around us, but what about the fingerprints in our lives individually and those of us who know God personally? Can we have the slide, please, of uh, Psalm 63? Is this Psalm 63, 6 to 13? He formed all the mountains by his mighty strength. He quiets the raging oceans and all the world's clamor. In the farthest corners of the earth, 
the glorious acts of God shall startle everyone. The dawn and the sunset shout out for joy. He waters the earth to make it fertile. The rivers of God will not run dry. He prepares the earth for his people and sends them rich harvests of grain. He waters the furrows with abundant rain. Showers soften the earth, melting the clods and causing seeds to sprout across the land. Then he crowns it all with green, lush pastures in the wilderness. Hillsides blossom with joy. The pastures are filled with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. All the world shouts with joy and sings. And it shouts for joy and sings that there's a creator. We're here celebrating harvest time to give thanks for his goodness to us. It's a time to celebrate, to thank God for goodness in providing the harvest. Things that it's very easy for us to take for granted day to day as we go to Lidl or, if you're posh, Waitrose, and uh, get your cellophane wrapped meats or cans or whatever it happens to be that you have. But harvest is an incredible miracle, even if we live in a society where it can be taken for granted. It's important to give thanks and celebrate God uh, for his goodness to us and realize just how blessed we are. Just keep on the next slide, please, uh, Chris. Harvest Festival, it goes back 4,000 years. And there's about three of them in the past, three festivals. Okay, three important Jewish festivals. The first one you probably heard of is something called Passover. First of the Jewish feso, uh, festivals. It was held in March, sometimes April, each year. And it's the beginning known as the spring grain harvest. It's when barley was first harvested in the year there in Israel. It's a time for thanksgiving. It's a time to remember how God himself had brought the Jewish people out of Egypt miraculously. It was this festival that God's people remembered how God himself had been their savior. When we look at the New Testament, this festival has taken on a great significance for Christians because it was a Passover that our savior, that Jesus was crucified. Passover reminds us that Jesus came to the earth to be our savior by taking us out of slavery of sin and bringing us back into new relationship with God. This is why we give thanks. The second harvest festival for the, for the Jews is that of Shavuot or Pentecost in Greek. You maybe heard that word, Pentecost. It's also known as the Feast of Harvest in Exodus and occurred when they harvested the wheat. Now, wheat's vital, as you know, so it's a kind of a big deal. It represents the first fruits and was gathered, gathered results of the labor of those who reaped the spring grain harvest in ancient Israel. It took place 50 days after Passover. The New Testament, we see Pentecost having a new significance because you read in the book of Acts that at Pentecost, the power of Holy Spirit was first released on his disciples and enabled them to experience the first fruits of Jesus' spiritual harvest. The 3,000 people became Christians on that first Pentecost as Peter preached the gospel, the first fruits of Christian harvest. And then the harvest that we're on now, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, referred to by one commentator as the autumn harvest. 
which occurred after the grape and grain harvest was over. It was at that festival that Jews would camp out for weeks in a tent. You're lucky I'm asking you to do that this week. And that was recalling the time when they were in temporary dwellings after the Exodus, there as they, they walked for 40 years in the desert. And they remember that at that time. For us Christians, the Feast of Tabernacles is a reminder that our dwelling on earth is not permanent, but temporary. We were singing before in, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in life to come. And this is one of our celebrations for harvest as well today, as we remember that. So what are we saying in conclusion? Well, as you celebrate harvest today, let us remember that harvest stands in succession to three great Jewish feasts. The Feast of Passover occurs at the beginning of the spring harvest. The Feast of Pentecost occurs at the end of the spring grain harvest. And then where we are now, the Feast of Tabernacles at the end of the autumn harvest. But let us also remember that harvest has a spiritual dimension as well. Firstly, Passover in the past reminds us that it cost Je- what it cost Jesus to bring us into the right relationship with God. And it's right to have such memories. And remember his death on the cross for our sake. Secondly, Pentecost in the present reminds us of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's available today for Christians to enable us to fulfill the relationship with God here, now. And then thirdly, the Feast of Tabernacles remind us of our future. A future with God in heaven where God himself will be in the midst and where there'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, and no more uh, separation from loved ones. The Feast of Tabernacles, this harvest, is a feast of Christian hope of the future. All three of the feasts remind us of God's blessing to his people, both in the physical, but not only in the physical, in the spiritual as well. As we celebrate harvest today, let's enjoy it first and foremost. It's a time to look back and give thanks not for what not only God has given us, a physical harvest to nourish our bodies, but we have a spiritual harvest as well to nourish our souls. And I want to end with this last quote. It's from John 7, 37 and 38. Jesus was at this harvest festival that we're celebrating now, the, the festival of tabernacles. And he said this on the last day of this festival, the climax of the holiday. And I only really noticed when I was uh, preparing for this that he didn't say it. Jesus didn't say this to us. He shouted it. Jesus shouted to the crowds, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For the scripture declares that rivers of living water shall flow in the inmost being of anyone who believes in me. Jesus shouted to the crowds, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For the scripture declares that rivers of living water shall flow from the inmost being of anyone who believes in me. I don't know where you stand with Jesus this morning. I don't know whether you believe that you're a monkey who got lucky, that you're just a chance roll of the dice, that you came up those 70 times 
those 120 times sixes, I don't know. But I can tell you that that is not likely. Very, very unlikely. That there's a God out there that loved you so much, he was prepared to come down and meet us and die for us for our sins. That not only that, he sent his Holy Spirit to, to care and guide for us so that we can have that time in the future, a time with him where there's no crying, where there's no suffering, and where we can be together again. So if there's anybody here who, who hearing this once as maybe having the worship at the end or, or maybe sharing in, in the soup that's been prepared, just wants to have a chat about any of that or, or, be, or just be prayed for, then if you want to come over to the sound desk, there'll be one of us over there and we'll be, be willing to pray for you. But, but have a great day today celebrating this harvest, celebrating all the gifts that God's given us this year and remember as well, the gifts of himself at Passover, the gifts of his Holy Spirit at Pentecost and the promise of life and harvest to come. Thank you.